Hi, I'm Katie Kempner, and welcome to Perspectives here at Advertising Week. Perspectives is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women who are leading busy and successful lives. And it is my pleasure to be talking with Alda Abracciamento. Did I do that right? You were perfect, Katie. Perfect. Yay. Who is such an amazing example of an incredible working woman who's had a really interesting career. And I think, could we just start, could you give us a little bit about the trajectory of your career? Sure. Um, I was a mistake, not me personally, <laughs> but my career was a bit of a mistake. Um, I really wanted to be a lawyer. And um, I took a little bit of time off from uh, after graduating from college my only goal was to live in Manhattan, which was fantastic. Um, but then somehow I ended up at a really small advertising agency that specialized in fashion and home furnishings. Um, and I found not just a career, but a dream. I loved it. Um, and it's how I learned the business. So for six years, I was everything. Um, I was an account person, didn't know what that was. I was a media person, figured that out. Um, I ended up working for an amazing creative director that introduced me to the best and brightest in Manhattan, and that is how I learned the business. I was then told, oh, you're not going to go anywhere unless you get big agency experience and you have to have package goods. I'm like, oh, what's that? Okay. So it took a little bit of a time, but um, I ended up at Gray. Um, I worked on just a very unusual piece of business for that agency, Kohler Plumbing Products, which was really all about art and design, as it turned out. Uh, did that really successfully, and then I was put on the worst piece of business anybody could ever have, and it was called SlimFast at the time before it was bought by Unilever, and it was a family-owned business, and it was really tough, and everybody who worked in the business was thrown off, and so that's how I ended up on it. Did they get very skinny, though? <laughs> well, it was so fun. it was so funny because what would happen is we would all have to drink SlimFast shakes and SlimFast food. But then we would order big tuna fish sandwiches that were on bagels. So we actually all gained weight. <laughs> and Danny, who was the owner, would say, girls, girls, what's happening? And um, yeah, I also had just come back from maternity leave and had gotten a promotion right before I left and came back to work on that piece of business. And most people said, what did you do wrong? Are they trying to get rid of you? And um, but it was a really it was an amazing experience in terms of I don't know how I'm going to do this. No one's been successful on this. I'm going to figure it out. Um, and the way I figured it out is the way I figured out everything. It's what do people that I'm working with really need to be successful? What are they dealing with at home? What are they dealing with in the office? What, a, what's, what about their business is challenging? And I think no matter what, you know, people really, you know, they're attracted to passion and attracted to people who really care. Um, so that was a very successful, that was a very successful run. I wasn't looking to leave. Um, I had a young child at the time and I got recruited by the Martin agency in Richmond. And I think I was really looking for, how do I do this better? Commuting, balance, travel. Maybe it's just better to go to a place like Richmond. Little did I know if you went to Richmond, you basically had to travel to every client meeting you <laughs> ever had. And you had to do it on a teeny tiny little private plane which was terrifying. Um, but that also was an amazing experience, challenging in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, I ended up really being there at a time where the agency needed to go from being a small regional agency to a national agency. So again, really exciting time, went to San Francisco, opened the office there, and then decided to come back to New York where 
I ended up at Ogilvy. And then from there to your <laughs> position now. So after, as, right? after a career in advertising, um, yes, I now am chief growth officer of a startup, Flight Desk, um, which aggregates all college media on one platform, making it really simple for brands to reach college students. So one thing that I wanted to talk about is that, and it's something people don't talk about very often when they're when they're very success, very successful women often don't talk about it, is that you really were the main breadwinner in your mm -hmm. family, yep. and throughout this amazing, exciting career, your husband stayed home. Correct. And not only did he stay home, he stayed home in Richmond, Virginia, where women didn't really work. A, because you really didn't both have to work. Um, very different market. Um, pretty provincial place. Um, but we got to the point where, you know, one of us had to be home and it, my career was going to be more lucrative. It was probably going to be more successful. I was more passionate about it. And, um, we decided that he would, yeah, he'd stay home and he'd be Mr. Mom, which he embraced with every ounce of his being, but it was really, really difficult. I think for both of us, mm -hmm. um, pretty much, pretty much every day, especially when kids are young. It's just something that people still don't understand and people don't really talk about. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you would think even today. So maybe at that time when you were starting out, it was a little different. But right. now in this much more balanced in a lot of ways, uh, but still, at all, you know, as in with men taking on much more of parenting and these kind of things seem a lot more equal than they used to be. And but still mm -hmm. in all, usually it's both people are working. Katie, you would think so. You would think that it would not be so odd or contrarian. Um, I have a, I have a good friend, um, you know, who's actually doing the same exact thing that I did 20 years ago mm -hmm. and her partner stays home. Um, she's very, very successful. Um, she obviously travels a lot for work and, um, you know, we have conversations that are, you know, really sensitive and really deep because she's living the same life I lived. And she's like, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know how to I don't know how to do this. And my advice to her is it's really, really, really hard. But there's so much benefit on, you know, <laughs> on the back end, basically. Yeah. But it's it's I also um, most of the women clients I've worked with um, throughout my career I would say a good portion of them um, had husbands that stayed home or partners that stayed home. But even if they didn't stay home, they definitely had, I would say, the I hate to call it kind of like the backup career. Yeah. Um, somebody had to step back. And nobody really likes to talk about that. But and it, it shouldn't be like that, really. It shouldn't be like that, I don't think. But I don't think it I don't think it should. I it shouldn't be. Um, but there's still so much bias. There's yeah. incredible bias. And it's not just by everyone else. I think it's also our own biases about how things should really be. Even if you've made a choice, yeah. you still have that voice in the back of your head saying, I don't think this is the way it's supposed to be. And yet it, and yet it works. And yet it works. So another funny thing that works, talking still about your family, is you mentioned your position at Flight Desk. And what you didn't mention is who's the founder of Flight Desk or, and the CEO is your son, Alex. Thanks, Katie, for reminding <laughs> me. What's yes, it, what's I it like? work for my son. What's that like? 
You know, it's so funny because on most days, I don't really, I don't really think about it. I mostly think about this is really hard <laughs> and it takes a lot of hours and I don't have an assistant anymore and I don't have 20 people that work for me. Um, it's, it's really great. Um, I watch him and I, I think because of the, I think because the role that I had in agencies, which, which was really about, cause I was in account management. So you're so used to looking at all the different stakeholders that need something and assessing them and assessing their strengths and their weaknesses and how can I help them here and how can I help them there? I find myself doing the same thing. So I'm, I will listen to him talk at an all hands meeting and I'll be like, and I'm assessing him truly, I think objectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that's kind of, and I'm mostly in awe. Like mostly I'm like, how did this happen? How does he know so much? How did, and I really, there are things that I really don't trust myself for that I trust him way more. Um, so it's, it's really, it's gratifying and it's hard. Mostly what I worry about or mostly what I think about is am I living up to what Am I living up to his ideal of me? And so That's it's, yeah, it's a bar that I don't think I've, I've never had, this is a bar that I've never had before. Like I always wanted to do a great job and I always wanted, you know, people around me to, you know, feel that I was serving their needs and being successful. But this is like, <sighs> I had to get over myself. It took a, it did take a couple months to sort of like, just say, you know, you are what you are. You bringing what you're bringing. And you know what? It's probably OK. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> so I like to just end by asking if there's one piece of advice that has helped guide you through your career and your life that you can share with us. What is it? Yeah. Um, my biggest piece of advice is to value value yourself um, and never let never let anyone take advantage of you. Um, value what you do, value what you bring, because if you don't do that, no one else will. That's a, that's a terrific piece of advice. We should all live by that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. It's fun. And thank you. This podcast was recorded live in a glass walled truck provided by bulldogbillboards.com. I met the team at Advertising Week New York, and what was fascinating to me is that despite conversations throughout the week about the incredibly complex and very digital means of reaching consumers, that sometimes if you want immediate impact, that a billboard truck can be the way to go. Bulldog billboards have trucks in multiple sizes, and there's quite literally no project too big or too small. So whether it's a glass wall truck that you want or an LED screen on the side of a truck that you're interested in, they can do it for you. So for more information, visit bulldogbillboards.com. And of course, thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to a podcast production of AW360, the year-round content destination from Advertising Week. Visit AW360 at 360.advertisingweek.com and be sure to check out the other AW360 podcasts now available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Producers on this podcast are Jack Hirschman and Richard Larson, with music provided by Audio Network. For more information on Advertising Week, the world's largest gathering of advertising, marketing, and technology leaders, now in six markets across the globe, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Advertising Week.